When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Hammer and Rails podcast. I am your host, Andrew Ledman. And I'm Casey Bartley. And we are back in your ears once again to talk about the upcoming Purdue football game against the University of Connecticut, the Huskies. That was like, okay, I was waiting. I was like, I know he's going to do something. <laughs> not, that was not a bad Husky, you know. Uh, Huskies, adorable dogs. I've been Husky my whole life, Ledman. <laughs> I think that's a different kind of husky. I don't think that's the same. Could you imagine if their if their logo was just like a slightly overweight guy? It would be so much better, particularly for the football team. Right? They're like, is that a lineman on your helmet? Yeah, it's a husky. He's a husky. Uh, so that is about as serious as we're going to take the Yukon Huskies uh, at this point. So no, so we're gonna we're gonna talk about Yukon uh, for the majority of the podcast, but. There was some breaking news on in the Purdue world that I did want to talk about. Um, Etwan Moore is coming back for his 11th season in the NBA. He just signed a one-year, uh, $2.6 million deal with the Orlando Magic. This will be his second stint with the Orlando Magic. He was there in 2012 and 2013, um, and that was really where he kind of uh, made a name for himself in the NBA for the first time. He actually played 22.4 minutes a game and then 19.1 minutes a game and appeared in 75 and 79 games for them respectively during those two years. Um, so, you know, he obviously is being brought back as kind of a veteran. 
Um, $2.6 million, obviously, uh, you know, a great chunk of change. Um, I'm not sure of the collective bargaining agreement if that's, you it's know, pretty the, close to the minimum for somebody I would who's imagine, been in the yeah, league that long. That, um, so I, I don't know how much he's going to play, but, um, Casey, you're more of an NBA guy than I am. Do you, can you tell me anything about the magic and what maybe Etwan is looking at for next season? Yeah, well, they uh, picked fifth in the draft, and they were lucky enough to have the guard out of Gonzaga, Jalen, fall to them. They also have Markel Fultz, who either just did or is about to get some some real money, and that's kind of their backcourt. So the Magic guards are very young. They could use some leadership. You know, Etwan Moore, in theory, does two things pretty well right now. The ball defends, and more than anything, he is a, you know, obviously a beloved presence in the locker room, was on that Suns team that went to the finals, didn't, didn't get much run on the playoffs, but that was a guard you know, oriented team with guys like Devin Booker and Chris Paul. This is a totally different, different animal. They're going to be, he's on a young team, uh, trying to really make something of all these young pieces. Uh, Jonathan Isaacs is still recovering from his knee injury. So he could absolutely provide them some minutes, some consistency and stability, but the things he's going to bring off the court, things we saw, you know, he's one of the smartest players that ever came through Purdue. And absolutely really helped him, you know, in the pros. And that's a great signing for a team that uh, is really looking to try to somehow make it into the playoffs and develop these young players. So when you can have a guy who might provide something on the court, but will definitely provide something off the court, it's a win-win. And who doesn't want to, you know, go live in Florida and make two million a year playing basketball? Yeah, 2.6 million. Um, no state income tax in Florida, so uh, he's making even more like that. So I'll take it, and we wish good luck to Etwan in his 11th season. So he is hanging in there, and that's what we love to see. So um, now the bulk of the podcast is going to be talking about UConn. So they obviously are the Week 2 opponent for Purdue. Purdue is heading to UConn, so the game is going to be on the road, which, as we talked about in our podcast earlier you know, this week, it is a bit strange. I don't know if there's a return trip from UConn in the future, but generally that's how these things work. Um, with the way football contracts work, you know, it's probably like 13 years in the future. So we'll, we'll f- have forgotten about this by then. But, um, as we mentioned, UConn, very, very bad. Um, <laughs> in, in the previous podcast, we mentioned that Randy Etzel had announced he was retiring, um, probably less than 24 hours after we recorded that podcast. He, either was fired or stepped down entirely. It's kind of unclear. Um, it may have been he was shown the door and said, you know, you can resign or we will fire you. No one really knows. Um, but after that also, they named a new starting quarterback. So, you know, we've got two things that we weren't expecting, uh, and now we have to look forward to in this game against UConn. Now, Casey, my first question for you is, is are either of those things going to matter? No. Fantastic. Moving on. <laughs> So you don't think there's there's going to be no rally around the new coach effect? Who, by the way, his name is Lou Spanos. Yeah, I think they just possibly related to Jesse Spano. I, I don't know. I definitely Maybe, think yeah, they but, had just they had a really great quarterback waiting and a really great great coach waiting, and yeah. it and they just really got blocked in that Holy Cross game from shining. Yeah, it was all it was all just a a bitter coach preventing the five star recruits from getting on the field. You see it all the time. Yeah, it happens so often. Um, so I know nothing about this coach. Um, so what I'm reading, I'm looking at, you know, I'm literally looking at his Wikipedia. He was a de- defensive quality. There control- is a, there is a Wikipedia. Yes. Yes. All right. I would have lost that trivia. <laughs> he was a defensive quality control and assistant linebackers coach for the Steelers. It says for many years. Let's see. Oh yeah. 95. Many? 
It's a, it's ninety five to two thousand nine. So I mean that's a pretty long stint with one team. That's a long time to be at an entry level position yeah. as a coach. Uh, then he went to the Redskins as a linebackers coach. Okay. And the, then the Bruins, uh, uh, UCLA Bruins. He was the defensive coordinator. I had question. I thought he yeah. might have picked a different sport. <laughs> right. Uh, then he went to the Tennessee Titans. Makes he was sense. a linebackers coach for twenty fourteen to twenty seventeen. He was the uh, coveted analyst position at Alabama in 2018, oh. which generally generally means he was probably fired and couldn't find another job and somehow has a connection to Nick Saban. And when uh, he left that job, he went, went to UConn and was the defensive coordinator until he just became the head coach this week. So never been a head coach. His star has never shined brighter, Ledman. It's, I mean, it's true. This is his opportunity. Um, it lists uh, Wikipedia lists his career highlights as two-time Super Bowl winner and a Pac-12 South Division champion. Those are things are roughly equal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think if if you sat somebody down and said, "Look, you can either win two Super Bowls or you can be a Pac-12 South Division champion," which would you do? It's a question yeah. I ask myself almost every morning. Well, for me, it's what I think about when I go to bed and I just struggle. You know, you can't you can't get to sleep with that on your mind. No, you you enter the dark place before you even get to. Right, right. So. We know nothing about this coach, but again, not like he has some vaunted history that he's, you know, just been sandbagging and waiting for the opportunity to come to UConn and take over the football team. So it's a little bit different. Now, quarterback, it was a guy named Zergiotis. I don't know. Yep. Jack Zergiotis. Yep. It is now Steven Krajewski. Yep. And so. Okay. More syllables playing quarterback this game or points scored by UConn. Go. Oh, I'll go points. Because if. <laughs> I mean, all they got to do is score one touchdown. You think only one of them is going to play? Yeah, probably. Hmm? I mean, if you're. If George Karloftis is on the other side of that line. True, true. But I mean, if you're the if you're the new coach and you already are like you've made your statement that this is my quarterback, I'm changing it up, and then you've got to switch him out unless he's, you know, if he's injured, it's a different story. But if he's not injured and you've already got to change your mind on your quarterback, that doesn't I think good. you've put more thought into UConn football than UConn football has. That's that's probably I true. don't think there's a big PR issue at the Huskies. Well, okay. Yeah, I don't think anybody's thinking about it other than us right now. Um, so which is, just which bit, is the problem with doing a prediction post about it. Like, yeah. Eh. Who knows? Yeah, so this guy, uh, this Krajewski, played in four games in 2019. Remember, UConn did not play in 2020. They decided not to have a season. He has thrown for 292 yards and a touchdown. Um, he played earlier this year against Fresno State. He was two of six for a total of 11 yards. Hmm. So not a whole lot to go on. Now, that being said, Casey... A couple of weeks back on the podcast, we talked about, um, you know, paying for journalism of sports, right? Yep. And you were kind enough to send me a, a free month of The Athletic. Sounds and like I was something reading, I would do. It does. And I was reading that um, either yesterday or earlier today, and they did a ranking of all 130 um, college football teams entering this 2021 season. This was obviously before, you know, the season started. Where would you rank Purdue out of 130. In what scale? For what? There's They ranked all 130 teams, you know, of major college football. FBS. Just in general? Yes. Oh, like 72. Like for this season. For this season. 72. You were damn close. 78th is where they put us. I'm pretty good at and, this. And I can't argue, really. No. Uh, now, keep in mind, there are 130 teams they ranked. Where would you put Connecticut? 129. Oh, dang, you're close again. 128. <laughs> damn. Almost. 128. So that tells you what the athletic thinks of UConn. 
Um, and these are people who do this full time for, you know, a career, whereas you and I are just kind of schmucks who do this on the side. So that tells you what we can expect from UConn. They are not going to be very good. Now, I must say the Purdue fan in me says, oh, man, new new coach, new quarterback we've never heard of. These are the games where Purdue usually struggles. You know, we don't have tape on somebody and then suddenly they come out. And they're an athletic freak no. or Purdue's just not prepared. Talk me down from that ledge, which I'm sure half of our fans are feeling. And I know some of them are because I read the Facebook comments and I read the comments on the website. Because it's not that. We're not playing a real Division One football. <laughs> it's like you have to think of this more in the way that we have basketball games where we have non-conference games. There are non-conference games against mid-conference teams. And then there are non-conference games against Chicago State. Even a bad day, we're going to win by 20. Right. And right. there's just no way around it. That's what this is. This is a Division II program masquerading as a football program because I, scholarships. Because if you get right. rid of your football program, you have to gut every female program. Yes. Yeah, it would definitely mess up the entirety of the athletic department were you to, to get rid of football. So, yeah, this isn't this isn't that. There's, there's no concern. Um, I am going to assume that George Karloftis alone can stop this offense. Yeah, I would think. And David Bell alone can score enough to make the – Yeah, I mean – Horvath is going to look – if you guys miss Mike Alston, watch Horvath in this game Saturday. He's going to be wearing his best Mike Alston costume. He's going to be a rumble, a bumble, a stumble all the way into the end. Yeah, I mean, he already has the same number and everything. It, this is not that. This is the first drama-free game that Purdue has had on a football field mm-hmm. since Man, Illinois. I was going to say, it's, well, I, I don't even know. It's got to be further I think back. we beat him by like a couple yeah, years Yeah, but I mean. Like going into it? Going in, yeah. Yeah, I, th- this is Probably the first Probably since one. 2004. Yeah. I so, mean, enjoy yeah, it. That... Get, get drunk as fuck and don't make it to the game. Wait, well, it's then, at UConn. It's at UConn. Why? Um, no one's going to be there. Yeah, I'm it's not sure many like people are going to go to this again. game. I, so, here, here was the question I'm going to ask you. The current line, according to FanDuel, 33 and a half points. Are you betting Purdue or are you betting UConn? Purdue. Even with a 33 and a half point spread? They lost the Holy Cross. I'm not voting on them. Well, right, but they only lost the Holy Cross by 10. And again, that's not like that's a good thing. But beating a team by 33 and a half. Okay, you know how we complained about the bubbles to Anthrop last week? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to work this week because he's more (laughs) athletic than everyone on the (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's fair that's fair we're not so, gonna be in any trouble i am very confident that plumber bell uh horvath tight end why am i I'm blanking on his on. name you can get it you can get it durham Payne durham. durham Payne durham like they're gonna dog walk these guys the huskies right off the field oh see that just worked perfectly dog walk <laughs> and they're the huskies you were waiting on that you had that in your bag just waiting to pull it out so looking at again looking at FanDuel. So. They have NCAA predictions and expert picks according to some website called Number Fire. I don't really know what that is, but they have a winning percentage prediction. Purdue is only getting 92.2%. 7.8% of people are picking UConn. Okay. If at any point we fire Brom, screenshot that because that is. Yeah. So I, I'm not real worried about this game. I think it is going to be a game that we're actually going to enjoy watching. I think there will be a lot of points put on the board by Purdue. And also, I think it's one of those games that's going to be a bit of fool's gold. People are going to be way too excited at the end of it. And they're going to be like, oh, look at what this offense can do. Look at, you know, what Brom is back, baby. He's more aggressive because we're going to win by like 30. But then you got to realize, you know, we played UConn. 
We're going to win by 50. Next week is a real No, we're going to win by 50. Brom, like, Brom has to win by 50. Oh, he has no goodwill. He's going to run up the score. Okay, I agree he might run up the score, but 50 is just absurd. I think We're going to have three see- running backs score a touchdown. Okay, I mean, Horvath, Dorun, I don't know who the third's going to be. Whoever that other guy that played for, like, uh, okay. the uh, uh, transfer from place. The transfer from a place. He was good, let me tell you. Exactly, um, he's going to score a touchdown. So... I'm looking back at the 2004 football season because that was my freshman year at Purdue. And it was also, I mean, you know, we were just crushing people at the beginning of the year. So you think Purdue can win by 50 against UConn. Here here are the first few games of that 2004 season. Purdue played Syracuse at home. They won 51 to nothing. They played Ball State at home. They won 59 to seven. Then they beat Illinois 38 to 30. They crushed Notre Dame 41 to 16. And then beat Penn State 20 to 13. And then, of course, the wheels fell off, but we don't talk about that. And at the end of the season, they beat IU 63 to 24. Yeah. So, I mean, that was a, that was a high scoring team. Uh, that was, of course, Kyle Orton was the quarterback that year. So. Yeah, I went to game day. I was sophomore. Yeah. I was in the front row game day, actually. Uh, I, I don't know. Yeah. My, my buddy, uh, Matt put up a tent. Like, I don't even remember how early and. Him and I slept overnight, and then we're the first people in game day. And then, of course, they put up, like, a big shield in front of you, and all the cheerleaders were directly in front of us. We couldn't see a thing. It was awful. Yeah, and then look what happened. Well, yeah. Less about that, the better. So I am going to ask you for an actual prediction score, and you can't just say win by 50. So you got to give me an actual number. Uh, but while what, I'm allowing you... What were our ahead. predictions last week? How'd we do? Uh, we were both right. We, I mean, we both picked Purdue to win. I think... I, I can't remember the exact numbers, but we were, you know, fairly close because really? neither of us said it was going to blow out, going to be a blowout. <laughs> so um, I, I will go first. I am obviously picking Purdue to beat UConn, but it's going to be less than 50. And I'm actually going less than the 33, 33 and a half. Uh, yeah, 33 and a half spread. I'm going to say it's going to be uh, 45 to 14. Whew. So I, it'll be right on the edge of that spread, but I, th- I think 45 to 14. Going 54 to three. Oh, wow. All right. 54. That's a. Did you watch what Karloftis did to a real offense? I did. I did. How so... do you think that's going to go for them? Okay. Let me ask you this. Over under two and a half sack for Karloftis. I think he'll get. Oh, wow. They might stop throwing, though. That would be my only. Yeah. Yeah. If they stop, I mean, if they stop throwing, but then, I mean, then we would just be able to load the box and we'll see what happens. But uh, I would be mightily impressed if Karloftis could grab four sacks. So. Uh, let me change it to six tackles. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Because, I mean, if they do focus more on the run game, it's not exactly fair to have him try to get four sacks if they only throw the ball eight times. Right. Yeah. So I, I, I buy that. Um, I think he's going to have a great game. And I think David Bell is obviously – he'll go over 100 yards easily. I think he's going to get at least two touchdowns. I hope we don't he, play him very much. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be the other thing. I mean, we don't want to risk injuries because we do have a big game against Notre Dame coming up the following week, and we would like to be 100% at that game. So one, one more little bit before we go. TJ Sheffield, Brom announced, is going to be back for this game. Casey, I know you were very excited about him when we talked earlier in the week. What is it about him that you think – he can add to this offense. I mean, honestly, hopefully he takes the anthrop role on those little bubble screens on any of those short passes. He's short, strong, quick, fast, someone who is built to do yak. So get him the ball, get him some space, uh, get to him quick, 
get it to him awesome, let, or often, get him a little rhythm, and he's going to be a guy that can break some plays and get some chunk yards. And we, I, the wide receiver, it's been a little weird this year because it was only Bell and Anthrop last week. I still don't know where Milton Wright is, who was a really good player for us last year. Um, tall receiver, good athlete. Uh, athlete. As far as I know, he's still on the roster. He's showing up on the roster on the site right now. There are some players in offense that I would like to get a chance. We're going to need more than Anthrop and Bell and Durham throughout. Yeah. Yeah. And he, uh, uh, Wright did have 24 receptions, 305 yards and two touchdowns last year. And considering again, it was only six, six games last year. That's not too bad. Um, so we would expect, I mean, I ha- I don't think he's injured. Um, I don't think he's being, you know, punished in the, in the doghouse for any reason that I know of. So hopefully we can see him back on the field. And if, if it truly is a game where the score gets out of hand and Purdue is taking over, I would like to see Brom take some of the starters out, put in some of these guys just to see what we've got. Um, obviously I'm a fan of Marcellus Moore. I talked about him earlier in the week. I'd like to see him get some run on the field and see what he can do. Um, I'd like to see him get in some space and see how fast he truly is on the field versus on the track. So that's really what I'm looking forward to in this game against UConn. So we will record another podcast over the weekend following this UConn game. Hopefully Purdue will be 2-0 and at the time, and we will look forward to Notre Dame and future victories. So for Casey and myself, that's all, folks. Make sure to like, hammer, and make sure to like, hammer. Make sure to <laughs> like, rate, review, and hammer that subscribe button. We will chat with you later this week. Boiler up!